the business of sharing medical advice, but we are in the business of connecting people and sharing our experiences with the hope of helping others. Information shared in this podcast represents the perspectives of the speakers and contributors. It does not constitute medical advice and is not an official recommendation of the Patient Advisory Council or Improve Care Now. Welcome to the Impact Podcast by the Patient Advisory Council, aka the PAC, where we will be talking about inflammatory bowel disease or IBD to increase awareness and inclusivity while connecting with you, each other, and our guests. For this episode of the PAC, we're with members Elise, Madeline, Vanessa, and Leela, and we are talking about going back to school with IBD. Off. I mean, so I'm Elise. I go to Quinnipiac University and I'm going to be a senior this year. Oh my God, I can't believe college is almost over. That's so crazy. But so I'm going to go over my little back to school checklist of things I do before I even get there and like talk about like my first kind of like week getting set up at school. So the first thing I really do or first before I even got on campus freshman year, I set up an accommodations meeting because for me, I needed um, dorm accommodations and I had to get those in earlier than just waiting until you got to school to set up your academic accommodations. So I met with an academic, like in, uh, I met with the student disability like coordinator and I went over like what accommodations I was going to need for the school year and like how they could help me transition into college. And honestly, they were really good at my school about that. So we even talked and there was accommodations that I didn't even know you could even get. So that was really great when he was like, oh, do you want this one? And I was like, yes, let's keep piling them on. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, so I ended up living in a suite style with um, seven other girls and it worked out for me um, instead of being on a whole floor sharing one bathroom so I only had to share with seven other people uh, what else other accommodations did we discuss um, we did extra time testing I get alternate site testing so I don't have to test in the classroom I can go to the learning commons what we call it and I get my own room that I get to take tests in so it eliminates a lot of stress I get to keep food and drinks near me at all times um, the best one that I would say to request if you're going to college is uh, priority registration. It is super stressful to register for classes and it just eliminates all the stress. And especially because I'm on an infusion and I get home infusions, I get pretty knocked out from mine. Like I really don't like doing anything afterwards because I just kind of sleep the rest of the day. So that was really helpful because I plan my classes around my infusion schedule. So I'll usually do my infusions Friday afternoons. My classes are usually like, if I have to have a class on Friday, it's Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday mornings. And then I have my infusion afterwards. And then I have the weekend to kind of recuperate and make sure no infusion reactions happen. It's really awesome. And then so those were kind of my accommodations that I kind of set up for myself, but highly recommend the priority registration. I feel like that's not talked about enough is that specific accommodation because you don't really get that in high school. Um, and then, but prior to going to school, I get all my, my blood work done. I, 
I have my MRI that I do every August and make sure that everything is squared away there. I just got my results back and I'm good. I'm clear. So happy about that one. Um, and then I just actually also had my infusion. So the infusion before I go back to school, I have an infusion box for home and an infusion box for school because I get my infusions in my dorm or now my apartment off campus. Um, so I go through what I'm gonna need for when I'm up there with my home infusion nurse and we put together my box for myself and that goes up with me when I move in. So that's a really important step for me just making sure I have all my stuff for my infusions because sometimes I don't have that. I've been in that position where I've forgotten my infusion box at school or at home and it's not a great place to be in because then I have to drive all the way back. But those are my top recommendations for my back to school checklist. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know that priority registration, like you said, was a, an accommodation that we could get. Um, the only accommodations that I had gotten, well, I, I asked for um, flexible attendance. So like, you know, for like the worst case scenario, um, if I have an a since I didn't do the prior administration, I am going to plan my confusions, I guess, try to do them around my classes. So worst case scenario, if I have an infusion day on a class day or, you know, flare, I'm just, you know, sometimes you just, you're really in that place in the morning where you, you well, you guys obviously know you're in that place in that day where you just can't, can't do anything. So I have that. And then I have, um, I think what Elise said with the test taking, so um, Elise um, non-timed. So like I get, um, I'm able to use the bathroom and stuff like that. and just in case, because, you know, we always have to use the bathroom, so, um, but yeah, honestly, I wish I knew that priority registration was an option before I started. Yeah, it's honestly the greatest accommodation on earth. It is definitely the one I use the most, and even, like, you said, like, some of the accommodations I don't even use, and I, like, make sure, like, the first week, week of classes, I also think it's super important to just introduce yourself to professors, because, when you're like in a class, like they see hundreds of kids. So like, you wanna make sure that like you introduce yourself and say hey, like, so they have a face to the name and just be like, hey, like I'm the one with accommodations. I'm also the one where you have to send the test over to Learning Commons. Like, so like I always do that. So they know who I am and they don't just interact with me via email because sometimes they forget and it just gets mixed in the shuffle that way. But I love my priority registration so much. <laughs> <laughs> I like to yeah. get over it. I'm so happy I learned about that because they wouldn't give me flexible schedule. Like I asked oh. if I like have like flair, like if I have to go to doctor's appointment, like, are you going to exempt me from class that day? And they're like, listen, like we build in, like you get two unexcused absences, like with your classes. Um, there's like some like penalty or something if you don't do that. But like most professors are like pretty they don't they don't really go by that rule or they'll like film class or like they'll take the time in office hours they're like oh like if you're sick like we get it like we're not gonna like make it more difficult on you I mean my freshman year of college I had a really tough time because the food at school wasn't the greatest for my stomach um I went into remission or I was in remission for four years and I relapsed at school um so that was kind of tough too. But I also think it's important to highlight like if the accommodations you have before you set up for school aren't working for you, 
go back to accommodations. Like they're willing to work with you. Like they're there for a reason and you can add and subtract from your accommodations list throughout the year. And that's yeah. what I did because I was so sick. I like couldn't, I was missing class. Like I remember like emailing my physics teacher being like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm really struggling. Like I'm relapsing. I had C. diff at the same time. I was just all over the place. And he's like, it's totally fine. Like whenever you feel better, just come to office hours and we'll fill, fill you in. He's like, you're doing well. Like, I'm not worried about you. So just communicating with your professors is probably like, you just need to stay on top of it because most people are going to be willing to work with you. Um, if you just like are open about it and you're not like afraid to use it, like they're not going to remember uh, that you have accommodations. You're going to have to keep reminding people. I just want to add on, okay, oh, I should introduce myself. Hi, I'm Leela. I'm a rising freshman at UNC Chapel Hill, but for nutrition, I actually talked to the nutritionist. Um, I met with my GI doctor and she talked to the nutritionist and the nutritionist told me that, I don't know if this is specifically for UNC, but in the little hidden fees, um, you can actually speak with an on-campus nutritionist. So I had a call today and the nutritionist kind of told me about like um, where to eat in the cafeteria, different dining halls I could go to and different options so I could track what I eat and eat what I need, which I did not know that existed. <laughs> I don't think we have that at my school, honestly, but I kind of, I tried like eliminating stuff in my dining hall and everything just kind of set me off. Like, I don't know what it is, but let's be honest, like my school doesn't have the best track record for good food. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's like a huge thing on our, on our like bar stool, like Instagram account. They just like complain about the food all the time. It's so bad. <laughs> and like I, like, I realized, so my neighbor in my freshman dorm was dating this guy who was, a sports player or whatever and he also had Crohn's disease and apparently he was struggling too um like he was fine and then he went into a relapse as well and he and she told him she's like you need to go see Elise because she's going through the same thing right now and you guys need to fix it because clearly it's the food that like is setting you guys off so like we both talked and we both went to accommodations and we were like listen like the food is just making us so sick. Like we cannot eat this. And they were like, my accommodations director was like, yeah, I don't know how you waited this long. Like I'm a normal person and like the food sends me right to the bathroom. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you could have mentioned this. Like we could have gotten this fixed sooner. But like, he was good about it. He's like, listen, like we'll give you like a refund on your meal points and like you can just cook like next year we'll put you in a dorm that has a kitchen and like that's the end of it you know so oh, like, that's nice <laughs> it, at least it was fixed and like after we went off the meal plan both of us got so much better like we were like that was definitely what happened is we just can't eat the food on campus mm -hmm. yeah I would say it's probably different for each school um oh yeah I forgot to introduce myself um I'm Madeline. Uh, I'm a rising junior at Radford University, Carilion. It's in uh, out of state, so you know, a little nervous because I've never really been that far away from all my my normal doctors and my family and stuff like that. Um, but I was gonna say, I, I think a good thing for um, everyone to take away from this would be that each school is definitely different. So check, make sure you look at your websites, and every website should have a section for like 
Um, like for example, mine has a CIS, the Center for Accessibility Services, and they have their own webpage and you can make sure you're always in communication with your, um, your CIS like advisor or whoever at your school helps handle like your accommodations. Because um, as Elise said, it's probably always going to be changing. Um, but um, I know you said that your teachers don't always, you know, obviously they're probably not going to remember because there's a lot of students. Um, but some schools, you know, maybe different, you know, um, mine, they have a process where you come up with your accommodations and then you submit your request. And then at the beginning of your classes, you and the professor have to talk and agree on the accommodations and you both have to sign a form saying that they'll agree to allow you, the professor will abide by these accommodations. So they, they, they really have no like wiggle room once they sign it. So that's the good thing about it. So I don't know, like, I don't know how, obviously it's different in your schools. I don't know how many schools do things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess always stay informed and look on your school website so you know what your options. Definitely. And in high school, it's a little bit different too. You can, um, I personally had a 504 plan. I was diagnosed my sophomore year. I was out a good month. And with my luck, it had to be just around AP test. So I was in the hospital. I was on my computer and I was trying to get my AP seminar paper done. It was a mess, but thankfully I got a little bit of an extension there. And I actually met with my counselor and all the health people and my teachers, and we sat down and we came up with accommodations. And I had, I think I could eat and drink whenever I wanted. And I could also leave to use the bathroom whenever I needed. I didn't have to ask the teacher because in high school, you actually have to ask. Um, those were lifesavers. And I didn't personally do this, but I know from another PAC member, she mentioned that for the standardized tests like ACT and SAT, you can actually get it so um, you can pause the time to go to the bathroom in order to test. So I highly recommend. <laughs> I highly recommend those too. I mean, and if you get it for the SAT, you also get it for the AP exams. I don't think people know that those are like the same. They're all college board. So it applies. So mm -hmm. if you apply for SAT, it's also applied to the AP exams, which was awesome. But I found for me, the ACT didn't give me as many accommodations. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I took the SAT. Like, that sucks. They wouldn't give me like extra time or stop the clock. I was like, what's the point? They gave me like separate room. I'm like, that's not what I need. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I was so glad I had, like, even if you don't think you need the accommodations, get the accommodations mm -hmm. because- like I was doing pretty well and my senior year I took the AP exams and I like drank coffee senior year every once in a while and for some reason you know the AP exams I drank coffee and went into a massive flare and to this day I cannot drink coffee because I'm so scarred and I literally had to like get up every 20 minutes like from my AP exam and go to the bathroom I was like this is actually horrible but I'm so glad I have like pause time testing because like if I had to take this normally like I don't think I could even make it through like it was so bad mm -hmm. but luckily like I did well on the test but like definitely get those standardized testing accommodations and then oh, in high school too like not asking to go to the bathroom I didn't I had that accommodation but also in my 504 plan it said that if there was a science seating they had to put me by the door. So like, I wouldn't have to, like, get up and like hustle through like class. Like I could just like slip out and slip back in. 
mm-hmm. and wouldn't make a scene. So it would be like less stressful. That was a lifesaver, especially for some reason in the morning, I always went to the bathroom and it was during speech class too. So while people were giving speeches, it was the worst time. But thankfully, since I had that accommodation, I was able to sit right next to the door so I could silently slip in and out of class without anyone noticing. Definitely. And then yes. it was like, this wasn't on my 504 plan, but I remember getting a bowel resection two weeks before my senior year of high school started. And I like, like, I should have just stayed home. Like I was dumbass that was like, I need to go back to school. I'm going to miss so much because it's my senior year. And I was taking like all these AP classes and I go back and I'm like, oh my, I don't know how I made it through like a full day. I should have done like half days to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I talked to my teachers I'm like listen I just had major surgery like I cannot pick my backpack up like you're gonna need to like physically put it on me because I can't like pick anything up and I remember like going to gym and being like I just had like surgery like a little bit ago I can't go to gym or whatever and he's like okay like to make up for gym like you have to write a paper about what muscles were cut through when you had your surgery and I was like what like why do I have to do this like I sh- I'm exempt from gym like don't give me extra work but I remember it was tough after surgery like going back in because like I didn't want to like interrupt and it was just such a new experience because I never that was my first resection too like I didn't know how to handle it and it was also kind of like a shock to me as well that like oh I had like I had to go get surgery to get like part of my bowels taken out like that was such a big thing for me so like just being like letting your teachers know like hey this is what's going on because when that happened I was also running to the bathroom like two times during each period and our periods were like 40 minutes like I didn't want to be disrespectful but like you gotta like broach that subject in like a way that you feel comfortable but you want to let them know so they don't feel like they're being disrespected Definitely communication is a big um, part of it. I, uh, the month that I was out, the students in the class had no idea what happened to me. So I would get emails from my teachers and they'd be like, oh, everyone's asking where you are. Of course they don't tell because that's probably breach of personal information. But I had a surgery for an ostomy bag. And I think communication is really big for that because when your ostomy bag makes noise from like air, you don't want the class to think you're, you know, passing gas. So I kind of like told my classmates in the only, only the ones I was comfortable with, like, hey, my ostomy bag might make some noise. Don't worry. There's no smell or anything. It's just, I can't control anything. It might've been a little awkward conversation, but it definitely saved me later. Yeah, I would say that um, accommodations and in any case in the college are one of those things where it's definitely better to have them and not need them than to need them and not have them. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And when you read the documents, they always write, at least in my case, as needed. So Mm -hmm. it's always good to get, even if you don't think you'll use it, just in case. Yeah, definitely for me as well. I Mine say like as needed. And I I tell my professors, I'm like, listen, like I'm pretty sure I'm not going to need these Mm -hmm. during your test. Like it probably won't take me that long because I also like went to school and like 
ended up like taking some easy classes and I ended up finishing early. But like I told them, but I'm like, listen, if I'm in a flare, which has happened before, I'm going to need to use these. So like, I always like set up my tests, like outside the classroom. And I'm like, listen, I know it's inconvenient to send a test over to learning commons, but like, I just don't want to risk it. Like, I don't want to interrupt the class if I have to get up and go to the bathroom. Like, it's also just like, for me, accommodations is also kind of like a respect thing for my classmates. Like, I don't, like, it's always distracting when someone's coming in and out of the classroom. Like, you don't want to be that person sometimes. So like, I kind of think of it that way. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. So how does everyone else here handle stress when it comes to managing your college work and, you know, activities and everything that comes with being a college student? Stress for me is the main thing that makes me flare. So with COVID, we were online and it was my senior year of high school. So I was taking pretty easy classes. I had a few APs here and there, but I haven't really had a chance to practice my stress relieving techniques. With college, I'm going to have to do a trial and error, but I really, um, with COVID and everything, quarantine, I really got into planning. So hopefully that will save me. Yeah, my thing I, is working out. I find that if, even if I don't feel good, if I like try and work out a little bit, like I just find that really kind of soothes my symptoms down and like helps me clear my head if I'm stressed. So it was a little hard during COVID too, because the gyms were like, you have to sign up in advance to go to a certain gym spot. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know when I'm going to be stressed. I can't pre-plan this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I don't know what you want me to do, but like, and they were like, you can only go like once a day in the time slot. And I'm like, but like, if I go, like, I don't want to pre-plan this. And then like, if I'm stressed later, then I have to like switch spot. Like, it was just too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say, um, yeah, I do think the exercise is one of the ones I found over the past year with all this new COVID stuff going on. Um, the exercise is something that helps to relieve a lot of stress and anxiety. I mean, obviously, sometimes I, I feel terrible doing the while in the middle of the exercise, but afterwards, you usually feel pretty good. And then, um, oh, uh, I've tried meditation. I know it works for some people. For me, I just, I am so anxious. I find it hard enough to sit still for meditation, which is kind of ruins the point of it. Um, I'm just yeah, a very impatient. I haven't tried it and I think I would benefit from it, but I'm also like that person that has like a million thoughts in their head and like, mm -hmm. I, I would be able to like calm my mind. <laughs> I just get bored of it so easily. I just can't sit still for that long. Yeah, so that, that's the thing. So some people, some people it's very helpful. Others, I'm assuming probably like us, not so much. So um, I would say like some things um, I, I see, you know, I see a psychologist. And so seeing like a mental health professional is probably a good way to help relieve stress because they can also teach you ways to self-manage your stress. And if you don't want to do meditation, you know, there's like basic, you know, breathing exercises that don't, you know, it's not, they're not as intricate as sitting down for like a whole session of meditation, but they're still very easy and relaxing and calming. And I found that some of them actually really helped me. So that's what I tend to do. Like I find myself getting really stressed out or anxious or even just doing that and like listening to some music or something like that is very calming. 
I think backtracking to that exercise point, I played soccer and I didn't run cross country during COVID, but I've also um, run cross country. Um, exercise definitely helps, especially socializing with people in soccer since it's a team sport. I got that um, time to relax after classes. But the thing with exercise is personally for me, when I push myself too far and too hard, I tend to flare. So at the end of the soccer season, I was just dying. I was playing whole 80 minute um, games. Um, I was sprinting constantly having practice and I just didn't give myself a break and I could feel my body um, breaking down. And that's probably a good point where communication again, uh, talking to your coaches, talking to your teams, like, hey, um, I need a break. <laughs> I have, I let my coaches know, um, like to take me out in the middle of a game if I need to go to the bathroom or I need to get some water during practice or Gatorade. Yeah, I was, so I played ice hockey in high school. So I know it's, so no one knows <laughs> anyone that plays ice hockey. It's really funny. Um, so for me, it was like a team sport too. And I don't want to say that like exercising put me in a flare but I definitely like used up more energy faster than everyone else so I would have to keep like a protein shake on the bench at all times because if I didn't I would literally start shaking like halfway through the game because I was just like dumping like nutrients because I just go through them so much faster than like everyone else so like my coaches were like no one drinks Elisa's stuff like everyone had to bring their own water bottles too, like just to like stay safe and stuff. Like even before COVID, they're like, you bring your own water bottle. Like, come on, like you're in high school, you shouldn't know what you need for the bench. And then also because of infusions, like I wasn't on like the Friday schedule, but like we had a pretty intense like practice schedule and like you would get like penalized if you missed a practice. And like, I let my coaches know in advance. I'm like, listen, like I have my infusion and like back in high school, I was still on the Benadryl. So, and let me tell you, I do not react well to Benadryl. I like, I sleep for like minimum eight hours on Benadryl. And so they knew like I would be out for like a couple days, like if I was getting my infusion and going back to college stuff, did not tell my roommates I was taking Benadryl and they came back from class and thought it was dead because I was sleeping and I was like, <laughs> after my feet, that was an incident that I was like, oops, my roommate's like, oops, I was literally like put a mirror up to your, your mouth to make sure you were still breathing. And I was like, oh. oops, oops, I should have warned you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm okay. Wow. I mean, yeah, I was, I wasn't diagnosed until after like I, I was diagnosed in the middle of my senior year and that was like when COVID started. Um, so I was sort of having like the effects of um, the Crohn's during it. But at that point, like my doctor just told my coach to just take me out and not let me participate at all because it was making me like anemic and all that stuff. So that wasn't really, I mean, I didn't have too much of a problem with it in high school, but um back to the college thing where it comes up in terms of you know if you want to relieve uh stress and anxiety um I found that one, one of the ways for me that works very well is when it comes to your assignments and tests and all that stuff um I'd like to make a list at the beginning of every week 
of, okay, this is due this day, and this is due this day, and this is due this day, and then, okay, I'm going to do this, this day, and this, this day, so I have, so I'm never, like, doing something the last minute, because that just puts more and more stress on you, which is, you know, never good for me, so <laughs> that that's very helpful to make a list like that. Yeah, shout out to the Pack Notion Club. Um, I have seen those, like, texts where it's, like, who knows how to use Notion? Because I know like so many people on here use it and they like plan out like everything on Notion. Personally, I'm a pen and paper person. I have my huge, like, you know how like elementary school teachers always had that like huge like month calendar on their desks. Like that's what I use. And I like write down all my due dates so I can see like a month in advance of like what is due. If only I could screen share on podcasts because I love Notion in my life, especially with online school, because it was so easy. Like the instructor, the teachers would say, oh, you have this due here. And so I could just go to my Notion tab and say, oh, I have this due here. It was so convenient. Yeah, everyone's talking about Notion so much. And like, I'm like, at least like I've been using more like, you know, like I have a standard one of those like to-do lists. I've been doing just by hand because that's what I've used most of my life but I just got Notion because I really want to try it because everyone talks about how night how cool it is but it looks so confusing <laughs> so guys I new mean, podcast I, idea Notion yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah Notion podcast <laughs> that'd be very helpful honestly not gonna lie because I'm at a loss as to where to start so we can have a little pack thing for it join the pack y'all Oh my god, that'd be so funny. You know how there's like templates too, like, and you can like customize templates, a pack customized template. Amazing. (laughs) All right. Oh, what else did I? Um. Oh, dealing with roommates who don't understand your disease. I feel like this is super important. Like, even with like friends or like how to like broach the subject when like you go to a new school and like you don't know anybody and then like this is such a huge part of your life so I was diagnosed um at the end of eighth grade I think we had like two weeks left of eighth grade and like all of a sudden I'm like oh my god I have this like whole life-changing like diagnosis and I mean like my friends like they didn't really get what it was but like, I kind of tried to explain it to them and uh, they, they didn't really get it. And honestly, I'm not really friends with those people anymore because they were kind of mean. But like, after like, I got more comfortable like talking about like the stuff that I go through, like I kind of met my like core group of people. And I found like, I told myself going into college, I'm like, listen, like this isn't something I'm going to be ashamed of. This isn't something that I'm going to be like scared to talk about. And I like came out like so open about it. And I was like, you know what? Like I have Crohn's. I don't give a, I don't give a crap who, ponytail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Um, I don't give a crap about who knows I have Crohn's disease. Like I can't help it, deal with it. Like, and honestly, like people are like, okay, like, once you get to, I feel like when you get to college, no one really cares. They're like, all right, like, cool. You have Crohn's, like, whatever. And I feel like me being open about it too. Like I like within the first week of school, like learned of like three other people in my class that had Crohn's or colitis. And it was just like, 
oh my God, so nice. I have my little group of people I can come to and complain to, and they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And like, they're at my school, so they understand like the food issues or like the accommodation issues too. So like, even if like, I know some people who like are first diagnosed can be embarrassed, but like, like once I like kind of accepted it and I owned it and I was like, yeah, like I have this, like, I feel like I learned who quickly, who was really there for me and who wasn't. Definitely. I experienced that with my friends too. I kind of, like I said, um, they were there while I was going through everything because it was in the middle of the school year. And I think at first they had a hard time understanding what was happening because with my diagnosis, just so y'all know a little bit, is I had, you know, the bloody stool symptoms for my GI doctor thinks about five months before I said anything to anyone. So by the time I was diagnosed, I was severely anemic and I kind of hid it from everybody up until I could no longer hide it. Like I was out of breath just from talking and my friends had such a hard time understanding that although on the outside, I looked completely fine inside. I was, I was not in good shape and it just, it took a lot of explaining. I think it's finally that when I was hospitalized, they finally understood like, oh, she's really sick. But afterwards, once I got better, I realized that like, once you take kind of a, I don't care what people think attitude, they'll copy you and they'll be more comfortable. And it, it's really helpful when getting over the awkward conversations because you're like, oh yeah, I have to do, you know, suppositories. Um, if you're, you know, not necessarily happy-go-lucky, but if you're more open about it, I found um, people take it a lot better. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that because like close friends that I've had for like a really long time, like they've all known because I got diagnosed when I was like three. So it's basically like been like in my whole life. So like they all know and like sometimes like we kind of joke about it and like I'm just like pretty casual and like chill with them because um like I don't try to like make a huge stressor in my life you know like I'm I've been in remission for a couple years now so you know I still like try to focus on my health and like make sure I'm good but I don't try to like make it like a huge like deal in my life so um my friends have become like really chill with it but I guess like I'm going to be a senior in high school. So like I'm doing like the college applications all right now. It's kind of stressful. And I am kind of nervous about like having to like talk to like people that like I might be roommates with about it because like I only tell people that like I'm really close with. Um, so I don't know if that would be like an awkward if you guys like know to like do you handle that icebreaker like with your roommates because I feel like that's going to be awkward like when trying to find a roommate. But I know. Personally, what I did is I am, I was rooming with a girl who I played soccer with. Um, and so she was there during the whole diagnosis thing. So she knew, but we needed sweet mates. So basically, you know, we did the little sweet mate hunt. And once we got to know them right before we kind of like made the decision, I, of course I told them, I was like, Hey, I have ulcerative colitis. Um, I, I kind of explained what it was, how it impacts my life. And I was like, I understand, you know, if that um, changes your decision, but yeah, that's just something I can't change. <laughs> and since I was so open with about it, they, like I said, they completely understood they're fine with it. And yeah. 
Yeah. So for me, I didn't have anyone that I knew from like my high school or from anywhere I grew up that went to my school. And I'm a health science major. So I think this like really helped because I, I found my roommate through Facebook, like the like message group or whatever. And everyone was like saying like their majors and stuff. And she was in my major and I texted her. I'm like, listen, like, it seems like we really get along. Like, I just want to throw it out there. Like, Hey, I've, I have Crohn's disease. I plan on getting my infusions in the dorm room. Like, if you're not okay with this, like, let me know. Like, I'm not going to take offense to it. Like, it's a lot to handle. And like, I know it like kind of like disrupts with like everything. So I don't want to put that pressure on you. But like, if it is, it's okay. Like my nurse is great. Like he taught me a bunch of stuff about like how to do IVs and stuff and I'm like he would probably teach you how to do this stuff like honestly like and I was really open about it and even like so you could only pick a direct roommate and you couldn't pick sweet mates for us so the rest of my sweet mates were all random and like the first week or whatever we we were like all trying to bond and I didn't tell anyone really initially but then we had like some of my other roommates were like just like came out and like started talking about like poop and farting and like like just out of the blue and I was like okay like these people clearly don't care about this topic <laughs> I feel comfortable telling them about the Crohn's disease and like I have this and honestly none of them cared and my other sweet mate ended up her mom had colitis so like she's been she's seen how her mom's reacted to it so she wasn't like afraid of like what came with that but then on the other hand as I kept living with my direct roommate like I could tell she was getting a little bit more resentful of me because of my diagnosis just the way she like handled certain situations like because I I got really sick for uh, first semester like I was waking up in the middle of the night because I had to go to the bathroom and she was such a late sleeper so I was waking her up in the middle of the night and, like, I felt so bad that I literally slept in a chair in our common room, like, at, like, 4.30 in the morning on because, like, I just kept having to go up and go to the bathroom. Like, I felt so awful. And then, like, I told you guys before, like, she got really sick and, like, it had the potential of making me sick. And she took it very personally when I made the decision to, like, hey, like, you get better but like, I need to like live somewhere else for a couple weeks until you get better because like I'm on immune suppressants. Like that means something totally different. Like I know, you know, about the GI stuff, but even talking about like the immune issues, like not everyone understands that because you can't see someone like that has a compromised immune system. Like it's like you, everyone looks the same with like whether you're immunocompetent or you're not. And she didn't really put that together that it's it's an autoimmune disease. It's not just a GI disease. So it got kind of heated and we ended up not living together in sophomore or junior year. And like, honestly, we don't really talk anymore because like, I just think there's a lot of miscommunication between us, but sometimes people don't react well. And I told myself, I'm like, listen, there's nothing I can do about this. Like, it's only like, I'm only gonna live with you for another semester. I kind of hung out with my friends that did accept me and I ended up living with those people, like no harm, no foul. Like it kind of made it difficult while I lived with her because I knew she was kind like had these feelings and like she wasn't happy about it, but like, what can I do at that point? Like I kept asking her and I'm like, listen, if you have a problem, 
tell me because like I'll try my best to like make the situation better for the both of us but like if there's no communication there like there's not really much you can do and I don't want people to feel like oh just because like they don't get along with someone because they have Crohn's like that sometimes like people don't like each other because of silly stuff like that and you shouldn't take it personally it's on them it's not on you oh yeah I'm so glad that I don't have to deal with any of that um because you know obviously the I told you the first first couple years I was taking my classes at home and this year I'm gonna I'm not gonna have any roommates but before I got my like accommodations when I had applied for the general um like just the general housing application in general God, I said general way too many times <laughs> before I apply for the housing application. Um, they have, my school does, so if your school does it too, you might be able to do it um, for reference. Uh, you know, when you're applying, they do, okay, tell me about yourself section. And you get to write like whatever you want about yourself for any future roommates in that little area. So I decided, because I didn't, I didn't know about any accommodations I would have been getting at the time. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to you know, tell them all about this. I don't, I don't care at this point. Like at this point in my life, I, I don't really care about how I'm not embarrassed by any of it anymore. So I just, it's in, even though it, I wouldn't say it defines my life, it's still, obviously it's a really big part of my life. And it could be such, like Elisa, said, it's, it's a lot on other people too, when they live with you. So I put that all in there in my little introductory paragraph too. So, I mean, if, if your school's like allow you to do that, um, so like Vanessa, if your school allows you to do that, then I would, I mean, if you're comfortable with that, then I would do that just so like, they know what they're getting into right off the bat. And there's no, like, we don't end up with this situation that poor, poor Elise had to go through like that. So yeah. And I just went through that like with the person knowing I had Crohn's, like you just never know, like the situation, because I think like people kind of misinterpret like, oh, she looks okay. But, like, this is a disease that, like, you get periods of, like, good and periods of bad. Like, she only saw the good up until it got bad. So, like, I think people don't really put that together and you don't really think about that when you're picking a roommate. Like, oh, like, she looks this way now and, like, this could end up being a situation in the future and, like, people don't really comprehend, like, oh, this is something I have to worry about. And just like, even like for me, like the reason why we were fighting was because she kept getting, or she had um, an infectious disease and I didn't want to get sick. And she just took it personally when I took it upon myself to take myself out of the situation. And you can't get mad. Like I don't hold any resentment anymore against her. Cause I'm like, listen, it's hard when it's freshman year, you're away from home and there's just so many stresses on you. But like, I'm just not going to put myself in that situation anymore where I'm going to feel bad because I have an autoimmune disease and I can get sick. Like you got, you all have to set that up too. Like for me, like I've also set up with the health services. I'm like, if there's like a rise of, or before COVID happened, if there was like a rise in the flu or something, they would notify me or like, just be like, stay away from health services or like, just so you know, like, be careful, like, stuff like that. So, like, I knew, like, where to go and I could be safe. Yeah, um, so since, like, all of you guys have gone through, like, the college application process, 
So I'm like working on Remicade infusions every eight weeks right now, but I'm going to be able, well, I'm going to like a new doctor. We're going to try to figure out if I can like switch to something else just because um, like, I mean, like all the colleges I'm looking at are like far away from my hospital. So I couldn't really get infusions there. Um, so like, we're trying to see if like I could go like on Humera or stuff like that. So I don't know if you guys like get infusions on your campus or at least I know you see like you get them in your room sometimes and like how that stuff works. Yeah, so I'm also on Remicade every eight weeks. So <laughs> um, I didn't change. So I go to school near New Haven and my ICN center is in New York City. So that's about two hours away. I mean, and luckily, like my where I'm from, I'm pretty much smack dab in the middle. So um, just also like I have checkups every four months I have or three or four months I have to go for in for a checkup. So that's also something that's kind of difficult that you need to think about. So I always do my checkup like before I leave for school, Thanksgiving break or Thanksgiving or Christmas break spring break and then like this once I get home from school and I find that's the best breakdown for me but honestly since COVID and all this telehealth stuff like I kind of feel like it's going to be easier to do visits now um but in terms of like getting your infusion I would just talk like talk a lot of schools have like centers where you can get your infusion I know that was like a possibility for me where the health services were like we have a room for you, like, if you want to do infusions. Um, personally, I've been on home infusions almost since I've been diagnosed. We did, like, the six-month or induction period for Remicade, and then when I was, like, clear, I went on home infusions because it was just too much to go an hour into the city and an hour back. Um, so home infusions is one option you can do, but then I also know people that, like, go to Yale New Haven to go get their infusions and their doctor isn't there so I think there's ways around like getting like a temporary GI or something that like monitors you but like you keep your regular GI yeah yeah and to answer um to answer both your questions um uh, I didn't have to write an essay so I I wouldn't I, would, I don't know. I didn't write mine on IPT because I didn't write one. If I did, though, I probably would have because it's such a big part of my life. Um, and then in terms of the infusions, I'm also on Remicade every eight weeks. So um, I'm lucky enough, though, to have my hospital. I mean, my my college is located in a hospital and, and like in a large healthcare center and there's multiple centers around it. So there's like most likely an infusion area really close to my college. Um, but that's like, obviously not everyone is as lucky as that. Um, what you can do is I didn't, before I knew that I talked to my GI and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm really stressed out about this. I don't know what I'm going to do for my infusions. I don't want to like go through the hassle of switching medications right now before I'm going to go away. And like, I don't know what to do. He's like, he's like, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll, it's like, I don't want you to stress any more than you have to. I'm going to talk to my nurse and we're going to look around like your, your college location, see if we have any colleagues or anything like that, or I mean, any locations that we know will we'll do it. So it's like, I don't want you to stress. I'm like, that's so helpful. So definitely be in a lot of like, communicate with your doctor a lot because they can be a lot more helpful than you think. Yeah. And then also going off of what you said about like talking to your doctor about it. Also feel free to email accommodations. Like 
even before I knew which school I was going to, I emailed a bunch of different schools and asked them, I'm like, hey, like, I do infusions, like, do you have anything set up for people like me? Like, like, where do students like normally get infusions or like, stuff like that? Because I feel like Crohn's and colitis is so common now that like every school has someone like that. And usually accommodations like knows like what's going on in that area and how people deal with it. Um, so I would even like email accommodations directors, honestly, they, they would know better than anyone like where people get their medical treatment. Um, yeah, and then like they can communicate with the doctors. I even did this when I was like looking into what colleges I wanted to apply to. Like I emailed accommodations places because for me, like if they didn't have a good accommodation set up, it wasn't worth applying to because if you're not gonna support your students, then why would I even wanna go there? That's smart. I think the biggest thing to take out of this is to look at accommodations and apply for accommodations as soon as possible. Like, so like for like applying for accommodations, is that like after you've been like accepted and stuff? to the college okay that makes sense yeah because I don't really like need accommodations at school like at like my high school I just like get to go to the bathroom like whenever I want and like some some of my teachers like one of my geometry teachers um she was so nice and she's like if you're not feeling good like you you can like take the test whenever you want to so just kind of like stuff like that but I've never had like um like the 504 plan or like anything like that so uh, I do think I'm going to definitely try to get accommodations in college, like, like, like you guys said, like, it's better to have them, like, when you, even if you don't need them, because, like, I've been in remission for a couple of years now, so, like, I probably will get a flare sometime in the future, and that might, like, happen in college, so I feel like I'm definitely going to try to get accommodations wherever I go, um, because I feel like it's really important to have that. Oh, yeah, I would definitely get accommodations. I would not risk it. Definitely. And like we said, all the way in the beginning for registering for classes, I didn't know I okay, so basically, I was getting ready to register. Um, this was about an hour before the time slot, my time slot. And I was looking through my emails to find the link. And I found an email from the um, oh my god, wait, I forgot the word, the people in charge of accommodations I can't believe I forgot that so <laughs> the people in charge of accommodations had emailed me literally at seven in the morning telling me that I had an hour earlier to register for classes before everyone else did which was kind of sucky because if I hadn't been going through my email I would have had to register with everyone else and chances are I wouldn't have gotten my classes but yeah the point of the story is get um the ability to register for classes for me we get to apply a week earlier oh that's nice a long time and I'm like people like I got my first choice of classes and you did it (laughs) like sometimes it pays to have Crohn's disease like I didn't even know I had that I didn't I I didn't even um like ask for it literally I had just gotten it for my dorm room to be able to pick which dorm I wanted and they're like oh by the way you can register an hour early earlier before everyone else that's so nice because I know like my sister 
she's gonna be a sophomore in college and like I was like last year like she went through all that stuff and like she like got like the last dorm she wanted like she didn't get all her classes so I didn't know that they like yeah also for accommodations that I forgot to mention that no one thinks about I got accommodations for an air conditioning unit in my room very great for people that go to school in the northeast where they don't have air conditioning in their dorms um aka me and we had a heat wave the first week of school and all my roommates literally slept on my the floor of my room um because I had AC and like my doctor was like wrote an accommodation letter for that I was like awesome I don't have to like sweat at night like that's gross um and then I also got accommodations to have my car on campus that's another good one because that's so smart I had to go get my blood drawn because of home infusions like they weren't able to draw my blood so I had to go to like LabCorp in Hamden and I was like um, I need a way to get there and I'm not Ubering. So they let me have my car on campus. So that was a good one. That's nice. But do you have to still, do you, does your college have fees for having your car on campus? No, we don't oh, have fees for nice. parking. That's nice. Yeah. At my college, it's like crazy expensive. So ugh, yeah, it's sucky. Was, almost- was there anything else y'all wanted to touch upon? I know we've kind of been going on. <laughs> if you're not a bio major don't freak out a lot of exactly but it doesn't matter (laughs) same thing applies to every other uh subject I mean like I've never met a professor or teacher that like is like no you can't use accommodations like I had a math teacher in high school that was like yeah I think you should just abuse your accommodations like really use them and I was like okay like whatever you say (laughs) No matter where you are um, in college, um, stress stress management is going to be a very important tool for you. So it does not matter what major you are, what year you are, anything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Make sure everything's organized. Organize your schoolwork. Um, make time slots for personal time for you to relax. Yep. Just make sure you have go out and have fun I mean like I know it's hard with COVID right now because like I know with us last year we were pretty like locked in um but like try go out and meet new people and like try and like just like be happy this year <laughs> put it that way definitely <laughs> happy is good happy is no stress <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode about going back to school with IVD. If this content resonates with you, we encourage listeners to learn more about Improved Care Now and the PAC at improvecarenow.org, where you can sign up to join the PAC, the parent working group, and join our circle.